Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. All right, welcome to the 32nd episode of the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to be the best professional you can be. Today, we went on Quora to answer my favorite questions about resumes that you should know in 2019. Guys, I really love the crowdsourcing forum because there really are some smart people out there on the internet. These are job seekers who are asking the right questions, keeping up to date with modern trends, and doing the research. Then people like me, the resume experts, went on and answered these questions. We are going to try and keep it under 15 minutes. We might get to 20, but I went on and found my favorite five questions that we could possibly give you guys the most insight for resumes. So we'll get right to it. Let's educate you and make your job search a little bit better with our 32nd episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. I kind of wanted to open up by telling you guys a story. So I actually used to answer these questions on Reddit and uh, Reddit's a good forum for really smart internet people. So I was on the R Resumes um, subreddit. I used to answer all these questions there. Um, our fourth podcast episode, funny enough, was a Reddit version of this. So what I did was I went back to those specific questions that were posted and I answered the question and at the bottom I said, hey, I featured your question on the podcast. Um, did it a few times and I got some really good responses from people saying, hey, thanks, man. I really appreciate your insight. And then two days later, I got this message. Dear Let's Eat Grandma, we are kicking you off the subreddit our resumes. I'm sorry. Never come back again. What in the world? I got a message from the moderator telling me basically that he had kicked me out uh, for dropping a link to the podcast, even though I had answered the question, even though people were loving my answers. Hence, this is why I hate Reddit now. <laughs> and have shifted to Cora. In fact, after I made the shift to Cora, I did a similar thing and um, it was received very positively. My comeback story was I became a top three writer in the resumes and CVs section. I think I actually was number one for some time. So ha, in your face, moderator at Reddit, I have taken your rejection and turned it into a very positive thing. Hence why we have this podcast today. Um, we went on Quora and answered some really amazing questions that I think a lot of people had. We'll launch into the first question here. And we had a user ask, what is that secret sauce you put in your resume that always gets you interviews? All right. I love this question. And as a pro resume writer, I'd love to answer your question by telling you that you need to get down to the basics to win interviews. We'll answer your question. I'll give you a few hacks, but the fundamental truth is, you know, there is no one thing or one quick tip or, or easy fix that's going to get you interviews right away. The first concept is keywords. You're really going to want to make sure you're matching the language listed on the job posting. So pay close attention to position title, hard skills, requirements, locations, nouns common to the position, and even employer names. Do not be deceitful. So don't resume stuff, sorry, don't keyword stuff in your resume. It's only going to work against you. You're going to get the interview, but you're going to end up wasting everyone's time when you don't get the offer because they found out that you were exaggerating. 
Number two, um, what's your secret sauce is I recommend actually uploading your resume to job sites in the form of a Word doc as opposed to a PDF. This is hotly debated, but um, you are actually more likely to screen for keywords in my belief when ATS software is scanning. And that's just because PDFs are pictures at the end of the day and not every keyword is gonna get read. Number three, add your LinkedIn URL to your header. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen references available upon request on a resume. Uh, I just think it's lazy and I don't think it gets your point across because duh, of course you have your references available upon request. You really should. So what we did instead, and this is what I do as a professional writer, I will actually end up putting the LinkedIn URL on my resume because as you know, the recommendations feature on LinkedIn is a much more a much more updated and modern version of your list of references. And these are real things that people are saying about you and I think a really good thing to include. All right, the fourth tip is to be personable. At the end of the day, the company is hiring a human. So you're gonna wanna show off your humanness, so to speak, and don't be like a robot. And the first tip I gave you was making sure to integrate keywords within your resume. At the same time, you recognize that somebody's actually gonna open up your resume and look at those bullet points and look at those different accomplishments. And so I highly recommend, first of all, doing a pass when you have already written your resume or do a proofread to see if you've integrated all the right keywords in your resume and do a second proofread after that to see how your resume would look in the eyes of a recruiter. You gotta make sure you do both because in the modern hiring landscape, you have both the robots, AKA the software screening candidates out, and then you have the human screening candidates out after that. All right, second question. Anonymous user says, I am terrible at writing cover letters and this has continuously held me back from finding new jobs. How do I overcome this? First of all, I kind of want to address something you said, which is the fact that you think cover letters are continuously holding you back from finding new jobs. I would try and not to put that limiting belief, especially when it comes to cover letters. Um, I do think cover letters are important and I've mentioned this in previous podcast episodes, but I don't really think that they are the deciding factor in a lot of cases. Cover letters do serve as the tipping point um, if somebody's on the fence about you. So for instance, if they see something on your resume that draws questions like, um, why does this person have a resume gap? You know, I think cover letters are a really good opportunity to overcome those shortcomings, so to speak. So don't put everything on the cover letter, please. Um, I would actually pay more attention to the resume and even your LinkedIn profile. Now I'll address your issue, which is uh, writing terrible cover letters. So I would try to see what it is that you're terrible about. You know, is it your phrasing? If it's your phrasing, then I would send it to a dear trusted friend and have them look over uh, potential grammar or spelling mistakes, or are you too wordy? Or are you just writing <laughs> your sentences way too long? Um, or is it content? You know, is what you're saying on the cover letter the same exact thing you're saying as the resume? This is one way you're going to get your cover letter thrown in the trash. So I recommend being as personal as possible. So showcasing your personality, you know, showing what makes you tick. You know, what's your philosophy? Why are you in the industry that you're in right now? 
What makes you a really good fit for the company or specifically the position you're applying for? So I think this is where cover letters come in handy. And I think if you keep it short, concise, and um, you also make sure to get those human points across, then you're going to come up with a very good cover letter, hands down. All right. Another core user asks, what is the ideal font for a resume? <laughs> Great question. Okay. So Times New Roman, Arial, they're safe conventional choices, but um, you can really use anything that's easy to read. Just case in point. So as long as you're following these three rules, you're going to be fine when it comes to font. Number one, make sure you choose a simple and easy to read resume font. So considering that most recruiters spend six seconds scanning your resume, they'll often read a lot of resumes in a single sitting. So you really need to do whatever you can to make sure that the words in your resume are as easy to read as possible. Second tip, make sure your resume font is commonly found in Microsoft Word. Um, can't tell you how many times I've gotten like kind of these random fonts that just don't translate on Microsoft Word. I know design people, um, you're choosing these like custom fonts that are uh, very creative. They come out fine on a PDF, but I'm telling you with most people's uh, word processing software, they're actually not going to see those fonts. In fact, they may turn out weird. Point being, you should probably come up with your resume in Microsoft Word. Number three is use a font that represents your brand. And this is kind of a bonus tip. It's not completely necessary, but it can help enhance your brand image. Remember at the end of the day, your resume is a marketing piece that should represent your personal brand. All right, another Quora user asks, what is the biggest resume gap you've ever seen and how did this person overcome it? Great question and I think this is something that a lot of people have to deal with. And in my personal experience in working with clients and, and um, even prospective clients, I've seen a resume that had an 18 year resume gap. And this particular person had to take a break to raise a family and take care of elderly parents. So not surprisingly, there are a lot of people in the same situation. Uh, that being said, <laughs> resume gaps should not leave you for any reason to start getting freaked out or nervous or thinking that you're never going to get a job. Guys, resume gaps are a common thing and totally okay as long as you explain them with purpose. It's also important that recruiters know that you're not spending time in jail or dealing drugs, fleeing the country, or whatever. And this particular person had a really good reason to have that career gap. So they were building a family. These are awesome things that actually have a lot of the transferable skills that you're going to need in the workforce. I don't know, let's say patience. This person took a break to start and raise a family. And when she decided she wanted to go back, it wasn't easy. So these were the things I recommended to her in her case. In the interview, resume, cover letter, explain exactly what you did during that gap. If this is an interview, practice saying your story out loud so you come across as confident. Don't be apologetic about it and make sure not to ramble. This is a serious mistake that a lot of people make. Do whatever you can to stay fresh within your skill set during that gap. So this is more career coaching advice, but I think it's important. And you also need to make sure that you are showcasing that skill set in the resume. So take courses. If you are taking time off to raise a family, um, you still want to make sure you keep fresh with your industry if you plan on going back. So these things are going to be very important. If necessary, rebuild your career. So you may have to take that 
quote unquote non-ideal job when you get back from that gap. But that job can lead to another great job. Since you've done it before, it should take less time to get back on track, but it may take some time to get back to that dream job. If this person had an 18 year gap and ended up just fine, so can all of you. All right, we had another person ask, does it really matter much if your LinkedIn profile is not kept as current as your resume when looking for a new job? My response is yes, yes, it does matter a lot. Uh, Make sure to keep it up to date. And here are the two biggest reasons. Number one being employment verification. So this doesn't just mean a third-party company to call your old workplaces. It also really means doing your research on candidates to find out you know, who they really are. So a lot of the times recruiters will bounce from your resume to your LinkedIn profile to do the research. And especially if they're looking at you a little bit more seriously, um, a lot of people tend to do this. LinkedIn is nice. I will tell you from a hiring manager standpoint, because they're just a search away from being able to look at all of your credentials, awards, employment history, certifications, and whatever. Point being, People really like LinkedIn nowadays, and it is a red flag if your stuff isn't up to date and your resume does not look like your LinkedIn profile. So don't be lazy. Get on that LinkedIn. It's worth it. Second really big point, your online visibility and searchability is is huge on LinkedIn. In fact, people can Google you. And a lot of times, I know when I Google my name, my LinkedIn profile comes up on that first page. So friends, colleagues, recruiters, and the like are going to want to see where you're currently at. So the purpose of LinkedIn in the first place is it's a social networking for professionals. So do ensure that your profile has those keywords. Make sure that it has an accurate reflection of where you are currently in your professional life for other people to see. Hope this answers your question. I think LinkedIn is a powerful tool, and I even recommend in some cases editing your LinkedIn first before you get that resume out. All right, this is a bonus question. Uh, This is not something that I answered personally, but I just found it to be hilarious. Um, We had somebody on core ask, what's the most pretentious thing you've seen on a resume? (laughs) This this one's great. Um, Pete Baker says, I received a resume from somebody who had just recently graduated from high school. They had one job in the resume and their job title was director in charge of company morale at a prestigious local law firm. The resume lacked all the things I was looking for, but the job title list intrigued me. I set the interview and was waiting to hear a litany of lies. So he goes on to say that this director in charge of company morale position entailed him going out each morning and getting <laughs> getting coffee for all the partners He said without their morning coffee, morale is very low. Best belly laugh in an interview ever. I hired him and he worked out well because he found a way to place a positive attitude on everything he did, however menial the task. I applaud you. This is a good answer and just brings so much joy to my heart. Just incredible amounts of joy. All right. We have on what's the most pretentious thing you've ever seen in a resume. Alex C. Lee says he saw a bullet point that said, conduct financial transactions for a multi-million dollar corporation. Turns out this person was only a cashier at McDonald's. And that's not even, <laughs> I, I don't even think that's pretentious as much as just creative. Like that gets me going. I like that a lot. So I applaud you, whoever this is. Okay. 
Let's see if I can find any other good ones for you that are just downright hilarious. Some of the most pretentious, Jennifer Jellison says, some of the most pretentious claims I've personally seen. The remote sales representative applicant who listed his last sales job on the resume as sales god. Yeah, that's pretty pretentious. A candidate for entry-level manufacturing job who put into summary several assault felonies, but overall I'm a lovable guy. Oh, God. Awful. A receptionist applicant who took the time to list under accomplishments her first place win in an amateur pole dancing contest. That is just that is just terrible. That's awful. Okay, a marketing candidate who put down previous job title as a social media monster. <laughs> I love it. Okay, I think that's hilarious. I don't advocate for it, but gets me excited. I do agree with you. Amanda, it's amazing the things that people will put on a resume. So this is our bonus section. Um, I didn't answer any of these questions here, but I just thought it was too good to not read. So I hope you enjoyed that last piece. Um, Yeah, enjoyed it as much as I did. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on the 32nd episode of the Career Warrior podcast. This one's short and sweet, but uh, we wanted to make sure you got as much value as possible while also keeping it entertaining. Final words of wisdom, don't trust everything you read on the internet. Um, You want to see what the credential is and do a little bit of digging because a lot of people will put random responses that just don't make any sense. I also want to let you guys know that if you want, you can read these answers in full in these questions. What I'll do is I'll drop the URL for these questions in the description below and you can read the full answers and you can follow me on Quora if you like. I'm trying to be more active on it. Um, in 2018, I posted a lot of answers. and 2019, I'm slacking a little bit, but we have some other really good stuff coming up. Another good episode to listen to, if you thought this one was interesting, would be number four. So essentially, I'm going on Reddit and answering questions. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us today and have a great rest of your week. And for more on your job search, make sure to check out letseatgrandma.com. That's where you can find our blog, where we post the podcast show notes and so many more articles that will help you in your job search. You can also check out our resume services if you are interested in getting your resume professionally reworked. And please make sure to show us some love by jumping onto iTunes and leaving us a rating. The support from my fellow warriors will show the world how great this podcast is and help other people in their job search pay it forward. Thanks guys for being true warriors and thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week.